Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show. This is Nat Hurst from FasterSkier.com. You might have thought we were done for the season, and we kind of are, but I got to do a story on the iconic, historic 50-kilometer race at the Holman Colon venue in Oslo for the New York Times. And as part of that, I spent some time talking to Petter Nortug, who was a hero of mine as uh, when I was an athlete racing at Bowdoin College and immediately afterward, and is sort of a superstar rock star among the Norwegian populace. And I just thought it was worth sharing that with the audience, many of whom probably share my enthusiasm. We had a great chat about uh, his experience winning the World Championship 50 kilometers at Holman Kolen in 2011, his history in the sport. You'll hear a couple things that might not totally make sense to you. The the one that I really wanted to explain was I make a reference to the word sprek, which is Norwegian for basically what in American we call like a bonk or a crash sort of uh, from an energetic standpoint late in a race. So when you hear us talking about that, we're basically talking about people bonking in the 50K. It's sort of uh, part of the lore of Holman Colon as this happens to people. So Sit back, relax. Sorry about the audio quality and my interjection. I was not necessarily recording this for broadcast, but I thought it was worth it. Go read the New York Times story that I wrote about the Holman Colon if you haven't already, and enjoy some thoughts from one of the world's greatest cross-country skiers of all time. We'll be back soon. Yeah, I grew up watching it this race, and... Uh... I was. Uh, I remember when I got like really close to the 50k was when we we have this really. I think it's also here this year for 14, 15 years old. When we have like uh, if if the best ones from north uh, of the districts they qualify to do this really. Yeah. For kids and then you like get a weekend here uh, do the really and you're gonna see the 50k. Okay. You can watch it. Yeah. You see the stars. That's like the selling point. Yeah. Of, yeah, like, yeah. So. Okay. And it's also broadcast on TV, and that's okay. pretty big when it's 14, 15 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, at that time, it, I was more into cross-country skiing, and I started to see, like, oh, I thought about 50k, this is a tough one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, at that time, I also wanted to be a skier, for sure, but, uh, yeah, so I saw so, uh, it as a almost impossible, impossible uh, mission to be here anytime, but yeah. I wanted, for sure. And and after uh, I got junior, I started to watch the 50k in championships. And yeah, you want. And and my grandfather told me always that the 50k is the biggest thing to win in a championship. Yeah. And I would. I always wanted to be a 50k racer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I got into the 50k for the first time when I was 18. I did it as the Norwegian Championships Part Two. Okay. And. I, I I did a really then uh, we did 16.8. We did the same loop as in Lillehammer in '94, so that was the first 50k I did, and that was a tough 50k in Lillehammer. Okay. And then I did a really good uh, last 50k. Me and Tour is writing about it now. Okay. So because I was 12 in the in that 50k as an 18 year old. Okay. So then I found out uh, 50k is something for me. Yeah. Because I was training a lot like junior, and I found out okay, I had a good last leg, and I want to do more 50ks. But yeah. The, you only get some few opportunities in the year. Right. Like uh, two. Like two. Norwegian Championships and Holman Cold. Yeah. Or Championship, World Championships if you yeah. qualify. But when I was, um, 
I remember when I did my first 50k here in Holmenkoll, uh, when I got the opportunity to, to do the World Cup here, that was, you felt like this was the big thing. Yeah. Because from, I'm from a small place and when I was selected to do the 50k in Holmenkoll, like people, yeah. oh, you're going to Holmenkoll, the 50k. Yeah. You, go, you, you felt like people around, they, they know about it, it's so much history. It's like this is just the fact that you're going to compete yeah. in it, it's like yeah, your that's, new, that's local big. newspaper. That's big. Yeah. And it's like it's way above all other World Cup races. Yeah. Yes, you have the championships. Yeah. But you also have the whole. You can almost compare it at the same line. Yeah. In Monaco yeah. because of yeah. the history. Yeah. And uh, you you have to watch uh, uh, a program uh, on TV two, so you get it texted. It's it's good opportunity with Bjorn Dahl and Vega Ulva. Okay. One episode. It's about the 50k history. Okay. So if you're gonna write about it, see yeah. that one because they, then me, uh, Bjorn, Vega, and uh, Odvoy Bro, yeah, and uh, yeah, Ule Elf, also many of the old guys. These are like ski yeah. legends. Yeah. And then, then we are going the old 25 loop, yeah, uh-huh. and talking about the changes in the 50k, yeah, about stories for the 50k, yeah, when they did the one loop, yeah. So this is the perfect program for you to watch. In the program, yeah. You yeah, I think you can text it also, so you can uh, okay. uh, understand what yeah. we are selling because this is the best one to talk about the history. Did you? Can I just ask you? Is it okay if I shoot, shoot you while you're talking? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did um, when you started it was was it still the twenty five k or had they switched to the eight k? When I started, I did a seventeen point eight three laps. Okay. Individual start. Okay. Yeah. Individual start. Yeah. So I did that uh, many times. Uh, I think my best was around ten to twelve or something. Okay. Uh, and so that was a tough one, huh? Yeah. Uh, but this was also special because it was people everywhere in the track yeah and that at that period of the time people was camping in the night yeah different places yeah no it's it, now it's more gathered together at from the satellite like they're around the whole course yeah. back then yeah okay so that was more like all cross-country skiing and i loved it yeah and it was a tough 50k yeah when you did the 2.68 and you were tired and go on to the last lap that was a tough one did you ever have uh the is the word it's like spreck yeah i had a couple of ones one spread but I was pretty good at like climbing uh, into okay. some group at the end yeah uh, but I um, I have been witnessing spread and uh, yeah uh, pretty fast uh, for me the, the, the master came you know yeah so when they had the the pre world championships here yeah in the 2010 yeah I won the master here okay and, uh, and this was a good year because uh, I won the I won the 50k in Vancouver. Yeah. I came here. I won the yeah. 50k Mustard. Yeah. Then I have also won the 50k year before in Liberch. And then it was all about the 50k in Holmenkoll. Yeah. And for many years I prepared for that race because I selected this one when I was 20. Yeah. I decided in five years I have the World Championships in my home. Uh, yeah. Home in Norway, and the 50k is gonna be the big event. Yeah. So if you see back also, I was training for this. Year. Most of the times I did the mental training for my, by myself, it was all about I'm going to win the 50k. I'm going to plan how to win the 50 I'm going to train how I'm going to win the 50k. I know the, the loops, I know the high climbs. Yeah. Well, what was that? Like you said mental training too? Yeah, all the, when I did like tough trainings, long skate trainings yeah. um, with the team alone, I was in that 50k track. Okay. Yeah. I was preparing for that race. Yeah. I, I, it was like, for me, it was winning or nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that was all, my life was all about winning the 50k in the World Championships. It was that was why I wake up and get out of bed. What because of that uh, race? Yeah. Well, yeah. what was uh, like actually going to the start line for that race and the like? I, we were I was yeah. showing him like I literally just I have to show you this because when I sent this to the New York Times, uh, I was uh, I was like trying to show them like oh I put it on airplane mode. Um, I was trying to show them like how crazy a, a like a, a environment this is, and um, so I sent them. I sent them. Uh, I sent them this photo, right? Like yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like. I mean, do you remember like what it felt like just to start with that? Like yeah, it felt like the ground was shaking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was so crazy. And I remember Furongna Saturn first time, the first loop. Yeah. It was sunny. Yeah. It was, it's never been so many people in Furongna Saturn. Yeah. Uh, during that day yeah. in 2011. I remember guards standing like this because people were pushing yeah. the grinds, the fences into the track. Yeah. And I remember uh, <laughs> came up the first loop closing to Furongna Saturn, meet, meeting the, the, uh, the younger party people. Yeah. And I remember uh, Heller was in front of me, and one guy, he was yeah, probably pretty drunk. He was, I, I remember what people were saying on the first lap, and that was the only one I was remembering was what people were saying. And he was almost in the track, guard was holding him, and Heller, fuck a goat, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember, okay, the race is on. <laughs> I'm on the home crowd. <laughs> yeah. So then people wanted me to win. Yeah. But, but, when I came to the arena, I had won the 30k, I won the relay. Yeah. I feel so prepared mentally. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was prepared for so many scenarios. Yeah. About the ski change, everything. Yeah. What I was gonna do, where I was gonna be. Yeah. So, during that period I was talking about for those years, I was so mentally prepared. So I tried. I was relaxed. Yeah. Uh, and I was relaxed also during the race because I was prepared. Yeah. And that was the best feeling to be on on the home crowd there with those people and just yeah. feel prepared for the World Championships. I was in good shape. Yeah. And I know also that it felt like this is my last day at job forever if I win today. <laughs> that was I say take to myself. Yeah. Just to keep me like focused and doing the right things. Yeah. So, uh, did you um, did did it? Oh man, I had a question about that. The, the crowd, like, did it help? Like, did it help, or was it almost like you had to like sort of ignore them because if you paid too much attention, they actually would. It, it, it did help, I think. But I think that, uh, as I have explained, at the last two laps, yeah, I was so in my zone, yeah. that I didn't hear any crowd. Okay. Because then it was like turning on, turning on on yeah. each lap. I was turning on. Yeah. Because now it's about not doing mistakes. Be at yeah. my right place. I have yeah. done this. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I was, then I was on autopilot. Yeah. And then those voices also disappear. Yeah. For a reason I don't know why, but yeah. yeah. So what did it feel like when you won the race? Yeah, it was it was a fantastic feeling. It was a special feeling because it also was a it also was the first time in my career career that I didn't have any motivation of doing the work next week. Yeah, that had never happened before. Yeah, uh, I have spoken about like uh, emptiness for a long, long time. Emptiness of finding new motivation. I yeah. have big problems 
the next season. Yeah. It was tough getting out of the bed. Yeah. Some days I didn't get out of bed because I yeah. won the 50k in Oslo. Yeah. What was it more to win? Yeah. These thoughts I have never got before yeah. was there every day. Yeah. And they was drawing me in a different direction of doing the work. Yeah. And this was for me the, when the, the problems with unstable results was coming, different to find motivation. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, the 50s, 50k changed my life and changed my motivation. I yeah. didn't never get the same motivation again uh, after the 50k moment. Do you think it was the best day of your whole life? Yeah, I, it was more re- relieving because, like, I was winning the 50k multiple. I yeah. will bring, I will. This will follow me to my graveyard. Yeah. Well, this, is is it like the best? I mean, do you think it's the best? Like compared to an Olympic gold medal, yeah. like would you say an Olympic gold medal is better or is it just different? And Holman Cullen actually yeah, is like for has, me. For me, Holman Cullen was bigger, but. It was building up because I was winning the 50k in 09, yeah. and then I won the 50k in twenty in Vancouver, yeah. and also made like this golden hat trick by winning three yeah. 50ks in a row. Yeah. And I was also thinking about that. Oh, yeah. now it's gonna be difficult uh, because uh, like fuck, uh, I'm not gonna make it three in a row. Yeah. But um, I think um, I think for me uh, the 50k was. It was all about what training was about when I was from 19 to 25. Yeah. This, this special race. Because you knew basically from when you were 19, that yeah. was when it got put yeah, on the schedule was, for 2011. Yeah, it was. And then I was in the World Cup circuit. Yeah. And then I started, hmm, yeah, it's going to be Libre. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be Vancouver. But it was like all about yeah. the, the World Championships in Monaco and the okay. 50K. Yeah. Do you, um, what do you think about, like, were you, did you, Obviously, like the mass start was probably better for you than the individual yeah. start. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's a better like? There's a lot of discussion about like, is should we go back to individual start? Is it like changing the sport to put it to mass start, like eight k loop versus twenty five k loop? Like, what's your feeling about all the different traditions and how they should be preserved? I can see that it's easier for people who don't understand cross country skiing to have mass start because you know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but I can also see that we, this tradition with the tough 50k individual start is a thing that we should have in the World Cup Circus. Yeah. So for me, it will be, in my, in my best world, keep the World Championships, Olympic champion, uh, uh, Olympics, a must start. Yeah. Do the Holman column as an individual start. Mm, okay. As in the old days. Yeah. Keep the old school thing because yeah. cross country is still an old school yeah. sport as we see it. Yeah. And sure, we need to think new. But I think like people also like to see, especially this one would be great to have an individual start. Yeah, because yeah. it's tough. Do you think that the like? Uh, do you think that the whole program of the 50k in skiing? Do you think it's a little bit at risk with all the changes and attention spans and stuff like that? Yeah, I don't think it is at risk because it's still in in, in Norway and it's yeah. in championships. I think it's. The goal that uh, they all want to win—it's yeah. the distance goal, one, number one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hope uh, I hope that we will see uh, as, it's, as, it's, as it is now. We will see more nations for sure in the yeah. men's class. Because tomorrow is only—it's like twenty-five Norwegians yeah. and eleven people. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's almost embarrassing. Yeah. We have the 50k in Holmenkoll, and then this is what we, we give to give back. So it's like a, a little Norwegian championships again yeah. here, yeah. and that you don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's just how it is, but I hope that we can get the, 
the charm back because this was yeah. not not before. Yeah. Then Holman called you was prior prior yeah, yeah. thing. Holman called them and you have was going to do it because it was a big event. But it, now it isn't. It seems like a problem with the schedule. Like it is a problem. Have it's a big problem. Right after yeah. Planeta. Yeah. Yeah. Should I have one week break? Yeah. Yeah. And here you have snow anyway, so yeah. I think you should. And I also think we should move the cross-country season closer to Easter. Yeah. Because that's the best period of time with the weather it's and like everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's instead of going in the darkness in Kosovo in November. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should ask you one more question, which is like, why, why was this race 2011, but also any year? Like, why is it so important to win? Because this is the this is the biggest race you you can win in Norway. It's it's about the history. It's about the standing. Uh, it's about the track. It's about the people. It's it's everything around that yeah. has built the Holmen called 50k race. Uh, yeah, uh, 50k race over years. Uh, and we have heard the history. Uh, uh, we have heard about the Sprek. Yeah. We have saw it on TV. Yeah. That this is like the the madness of the madness, yeah. the craziest track and all yeah. this. So it's it's all about that. And it's it's in Norway, it's the heart of the home and home, the national place of skiing. Yeah. All these things make it special, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of puzzles together yeah. to make this thing the big event. Do you think the women, it's like time for them to do 50K too? Yeah, they, for sure. I think they want, it's going to be exciting, but I'm uh, a little bit skeptical when it's going to be if it's going to be too long from uh, racer one to racer ten, it's also about the TV production. If it's yeah. g- g- it's going in that direction, because he- this track is so tough, also yeah. as a thirty for the women. Yeah. So why don't keep it a thirty k? Yeah. Because I think they did thirty k now. Why give give them a thirty k now also? Because it's a tough one. Yeah. The, I think that probably the, the the person who wins the thirty k will win the fifty k. Yeah. It's but it's gonna be longer difference from one to ten. Yeah. And a lot of more big difference also maybe. Like people might turn it off. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. So this is also what we have to think about for cross country interest in the future. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, so if people who don't know about this, is gonna watch one racer with two and a half minute gap. Yeah. That's not so good either. Yeah. For the fifty k. Yeah. For woman side, so. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens, yeah. Um, they are trying it. Yeah, we'll see what they will say after the evaluation, after the season, uh, what they're doing with the distance as well. Did you have any specific memories of watch, like specific races here that you watched as a kid that really stuck in your memory? Yeah, it was, uh, it was when I was 14 when I did this relay. Yeah. Uh, and I was, uh, it was classic at that time. And I was, I remember Perelovson came in uh, Diagonal, classic. And he was skiing so perfectly, and I was like dreaming, ah, Perelovson, this technique is like, how do we do it? Yeah. And then I was thinking, hmm. And he started. He was also a good skater, so yeah. I started to like watch Perelovson and, and and watch him ski and try to study his technique. Yeah. And when he was at training camp, training camp in Bruxelles uh, when I was 17, he passed me. Uh, before the season, so I got the opportunity to skate behind him when I was 17. So that was really big for me. Yeah, yeah so I remember those uh, when I was standing in a hill there and watching Perelos on came. What did your grandfather say when you won in 2011, or the first time? Um, he was, uh, yeah, he was for sure really happy. So yeah. he was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was in a dream world. Yeah, <laughs> you I can bet. say. Yeah. 
I don't know. Any, I mean, is there anything else about the 50K? Like, if you were trying to explain it to someone, like, in America who just, you know, they know football and the Super Bowl, but they know nothing about Holman Cologne, like, what would you want them to know? It's like, for me, with, for me, it was like, it was big because I, I feel, felt like, like, when I came from championships in that period also, before the World Cups, I had often good championships. So I felt it was also for the people to come gather around to say like uh, thanks for a fantastic season Peter and like gather around and this was also used Holmenkollen used for and then when the uh, young kids started to come to Frongenseten and make this uh, uh, camps and yeah. music yeah. this was crazy but it, I think it's uh, um, they have controlled it more now yeah. they have the start 10.30 that would have been perfect but yeah. uh, yeah, I, I love to come. Like, it was like coming home again after a long season. Come to Holmenkollen yeah. and meet uh, the crazy cross-country fans in Norway again. To would, like say thanks would, for a good season. Would you have to like hide in your hotel room like before that? Because it was yeah, it was some World Cup Sarah I needed help. Yeah, because yeah. it was like gathering people here. Yeah, and uh, people were crazy, especially after 2010 and 11 when I came here to 12, 13 because. I went from a I went from a skier to a rock star for some years there and yeah. then it was but I didn't like that so much either because yeah. it was like I had to plan my travels to the stadium and yeah. it was like it wasn't the thing I hoped for but yeah it was crazy and we started to get the telephones and the snapchats and everything and people wanted the selfies and yeah. yeah. yeah so that was Oh, has it calmed down a bit, I guess? <laughs> yeah, it's calmed down, but I still meet a lot of people who want to take selfies, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but we need to, I need to go take the elevator with uh, someone to the garage and then drive me to the stadium because, oh. I could, yeah, because yeah. it was 50 people here every time <laughs> waiting for Petr. Yeah, um, you had to give them a slip. Yeah, and it was, we started because there was someone found out uh, in 2012 where my room was and people was like, do 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 do. Oh my god, yeah. okay. So then we started like, okay. That's why you have to book a pair of Ellison uh, yeah, in the yeah. hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon.